I was born into this environment where one person really disliked my personality and the other person just did not have any strength at all to try to protect me. So yeah, yeah, a bit of a rocky <laughs> first 18 years. And you, and you don't understand at that point that you're not bad. You don't understand it. Like you just, even though you know you want to be yourself, there is this part of you that starts to believe that you're bad, the world is bad, people are bad. Um, and that goes along with the not bad monster, right? I thought that I was bad for a really long time. I mean, there was a, um, it never got too serious, but there was definitely even a, a suicidal ideation period that I had where I was convinced, I was like, I'm pretty sure the world would actually be a better place if I wasn't here. Like that kind of like, I'm really bringing a lot of bad energy to this place. And then just like, coming out of that, thank goodness. And I think the universe saved me. I think they were like, she's got good stuff to do here. Like we, we've got to make a big move. And I think that's why they sent me to Hawaii. Well, thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Dawn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Courtney Starkey. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for having me. Well, in this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? I've been thinking about this so much because I've listened to so many of your interviews. I'm like, oh my God, what do I get to order? <laughs> okay. So because I always make tea for myself at home and it's just like a plain, like clear black tea, nine times out of 10. Since I'm at a coffee house, I want to do um, a matcha green tea with oat milk that's not sweetened. Yeah. That sounds so good. It really is. I get it in Charlottesville sometimes. So I'm like, oh, that's what I would get. <laughs> well, now that you have your refreshing beverage, let's dive right in. In your spotlight moments, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work? Well, <laughs> I've had a YouTube channel for like four and a half years. And then I'm also very active on Facebook as well as Instagram. So there's a pretty good chance that people have seen me. And the reason that I think that that's pretty possible is I went to a Brian Weiss group hypnosis event back in, I think it was March of 2018. And he had a few of us stand up that he had trained in previous years. And so I was one of the people that stood up and I had multiple people come up to me throughout that day. And they were like, you're Courtney from Facebook. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I totally am. So, and I hadn't opened my Instagram account yet. And then also my YouTube channel um, was still pretty new. So, but I've been, I've been doing good work on Facebook for a while. So there's a chance people will recognize me from that. I think this would probably be a good um, opportunity to bring up Courtney stars as well. Starkey stars, starkeystars.com. Yes. Because you and I had a hypnosis session earlier today. And one of the messages, and I think you were okay with us, me sharing this, was about the importance of kids, how it's great to respect one's elders, but every generation that comes up, they're hopefully more evolved. Yeah, so they have the magic. And I just thought that was so cool as a segue into some of your work that you are an author of children's books. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have again? Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, and we can talk about anything that happened in the hypnosis session that we just had. And to be clear, April was the facilitator and she's really, really good at facilitating hypnosis sessions. This is the second one I've had with her. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. No, scratch that 11 out of 10. Um, and so one of the many reasons I am so in love with hypnosis is I actually had been talking about being a children's author um, since, gosh, I want to say it was 2003 at the latest. It, it may have even been before then. So I wanted to be a children's author. And I even sent myself to essentially a deserted island in Thailand for 12 days to kickstart that writing process. Because I noticed whenever I was on vacation that on day three of vacation, my creativity would come back. And I was like, I'm just going to bring 
a lot of pencil and paper and be there for a long time and work on my children's books. And I'm actually going to make this thing happen. And I sent myself to that beach in 2011. So I've been talking about doing this for eight years at that point. Everything I wrote was garbage. <laughs> it was good. Like nothing worth actually taking the time to illustrate and figure out uh, the software programs like InDesign and Photoshop and all those things that make a Word document and some hand-drawn pictures into an actual book. Then I received hypnosis in the spring of 2013. And my very first one-on-one -on -one session, I want to say it was April 16th of 2013. And I was having sessions every week. Um, within a month, I got during a meditation, the beginning of the story. And it was so good. It was one of those stories that just writes itself. And it was complete within a couple of hours. And I was like, this is actually worthy of me figuring out how to illustrate it and play with all of the, the computer software and create this and make it an actual book. And I decided to gift myself for my birthday, the self-publishing of it. So first one-on-one -on -one session, April 16th, my birthday is June 22nd. So I went from talking about writing children's books to writing it, illustrating it, figuring out the software, self-publishing it, that whole thing in just a little bit more than two months. So that's how the first book was born. And then I continued to receive hypnosis sessions. And so there are actually um, a couple other children's books that are on starkystars.com. And I created that website in 2013. And when you go to it, it definitely feels like it was created in 2013 because I have not updated it at all. But there's a lot of fun stuff in there, including me um, narrating the books. So mm -hmm. if anybody has kiddos or if they, have a, if they are a kid at heart, they can go there and listen to the books. And my very favorite, which is super worthy of being illustrated and self-published, is the Not Bad Monster. It's like, it is such a good book. And other people still talk to me about it because they've heard it in the past. And they're like, are you ever going to publish the Not Bad Monster? And I'm like... Yes, 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 yes. I've got other fish that I'm frying, but yes, for sure. That one, that one's so worthy of making out into the public. I'm so glad you brought that up. If you weren't going to bring up that book, I was going to bring up that title. Can you give us the listeners just a quick um, idea as to the story behind the book, what the storyline is? Sure. Do you mean the inspiration, like how that book came into being? Well, yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. Oh, 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 and then talk about the actual book itself because they, they really, they are essentially the same story. So um, at this point, it is, I think, really early August of 2013, and I've continued receiving the hypnosis sessions. And one thing that's really interesting about receiving hypnosis sessions is that you stay open and connected. Like your dreams are more vivid and they feel like more than a dream. Your intuition is just lit. Like it's really on fire and really open, even though you're um, no longer lying down and, <laughs> and receiving the hypnosis session at the time. So my husband and I, we were in Taiwan, in a hotel in Taiwan. And so I'm actively receiving hypnosis every week, but obviously not that week because my practitioner was in Hawaii. And it's late at night. So like he's already fallen asleep. I'm in the bed. Um, I haven't been asleep for a while. And I feel this like, and I don't do stuff like this. This is, this is very unusual for me to have an experience like this. I feel this dark energy, like on his side of the bed near his head, my back is facing that direction, but I can feel it. I know it's there. I can even see it, even though I'm facing the opposite direction and my eyes are closed. And then it whips around the bed so quickly and then right into my abdomen. And like, I get pushed back, I don't know, maybe six inches or whatever into the bed. And then the whole, I shouldn't say the whole night, but for a while that night, I just kept like exhaling, like trying to breathe whatever that was out of me. And what's really funny is that comes from the hypnosis induction my practitioner was using where she was like an exhale, anything causing you stress. And I'm like, this thing is causing me stress. <laughs> so I'm exhaling, I'm exhaling until like I exhaust myself and I fall back asleep. And so what they had been telling me, they, as in the spirit friends leading up to this trip, what they had been telling me in hypnosis was that I absolutely had to go to a tea house we were like, what do you want Courtney to do while she's in Taiwan and in Japan? And they were like, we need her to go to a tea house. And I had been really lazy. And at that point I was far more dependent on my husband where I wouldn't like go out and venture into the world by myself. Um, 
so much. So I would just wait for him to come home in the evening from his business meetings, but they wanted me to go to this tea house on my own. And I was just staying in the hotel room. But the next morning I was so creeped out by that incident that I was like, no way am I staying in this hotel room by myself today. I don't know what that was. I don't know if it's still here. And so I didn't tell him about any of this. So I give him a hug and a kiss goodbye. He goes off to his work meetings. I just beeline it over to the concierge um, desk and I'm like, is there a tea house <laughs> nearby? And they were like, actually a world famous tea house is like a five minute cab ride from here. Do you want to go there? I'm like, yes, just write down the address and I'll go there. And as I was in the cab riding there, I realized that that was actually one of my spirit friends pretending to be a bad guy to get my ass outside of the hotel and into the world and into this tea house to have these amazing experiences during this time. And so luckily I brought pencil and paper with me and I brought Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss with me. And so I, same thing as the other children's book, that story just wrote itself within a couple of hours while I was at the tea house. I was like, oh my God, they're so clever. Like to pretend to be bad guys to scare me. So I would actually go do the thing that they wanted me to do. And it's such a good story. And it's basically about, um, this monster that is in the closet and scaring this little boy. Then the little boy catches the monster off guard where he's not acting scary because his job is to be scary, right? And so he catches them off guard and he's like, wait a second, like that monster is not scary at all. And then he sees, like he starts talking to the monster with a lot of love and compassion. And then the monster reveals to him that he's actually like really lonely inside of the closet. And so they had this whole like conversation where there's starting to bond and trust each other. And then they have a nice time with each other. And that's more wisdom that also came in from previous hypnosis experiences where a lot of us think that we're bad and we're not bad. And so just finding out like love and compassion is very self-healing and very healing to others. And maybe we're not bad. Maybe we just need some more love. I love that. Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation, something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. And the prior guest, your friend, Daniel Spain, chose the word plethora. So you are tasked to try to somehow fit that into our conversation today, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, you also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with, and it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? Well, there are a plethora of words to choose from. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking about this as well. And when I was in the bathroom peeing a couple minutes ago, they were like, anomaly, you have to pick the word anomaly, which of course ties into the hypnosis session that we just had. So I'm going to go with the word anomaly. It just resonates with me so much. Like the word anomaly, when that came up in the session, I loved it because the name of the one dragon was Enigma. And what that meant for me was we were talking about how, how strange it can be when, when you're in the flow, that stuff actually happens as opposed to you think things will only happen if you have a plan and you've mentally thought it out and you make it out to be work. <laughs> And like, I'm going to accomplish it, but it's this enigma of like how much can get done when you're actually in the flow. And I loved that. And then the other dragon that came through was uh, Anomaly. And I just loved that so much because she was the, the baby dragon, the one who believed in the, the magic and even more so than anyone else. And I, I like it because Anomaly can be... Um, Sometimes we can think of it negatively, but then also it can be that one thing that sets off a whole cascade of other, of other events yeah. that change things for the better. Sometimes it's okay to be an, an anomaly. <laughs> well, and also the way that we are in the world. So I always think of anomaly or anomalous as being something that's unusual, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so the common things, the more typical things in the world, like we, we want the world to be a better place. Mm -hmm. which means that positive things can be quite anomalous. Yes. So like being, being a purely loving person, you'd probably be an anomaly compared to <laughs> the classic <laughs> typical situation. So uh, I guess for me, it's sort of like um, 
synonymous to unusual or extraordinary even? Um, a lot of people who have been listening to the show since January, when I first started the hypnosis workshops with you, they've heard me talk about my own sessions. They've heard me interview people I've met through the workshop. And so there have been a whole influx of new energy, new connections that I can thank you for, for causing. <laughs> oh right? gosh. Yeah. They're so lovely. They are so lovely, including you, of course. <laughs> And I usually start off these things telling how I met you and um, our meeting was, I guess, virtual in a way because I knew of you first because I heard it, you, you were on the Soul Tribe podcast as a guest and that's how I first knew of you. And I wanted to bring up something that you said there that really caught my imagination and I was like, wow, I, I love this because there are some things that you just can't explain away. And one of these, I hope we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but one of those was the psychometry exercise. Mm -hmm. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Can you? Oh gosh, is it the orangutan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I do. <laughs> All right, tell us for one, first of all, what a psychometry exercise is. Okay, sure. So, I, and I learned this from Brian Weiss. He probably learned it from someone else, but I just want to make sure I give, I give credit to him because he's, oh gosh, I love that dude. He's so great. Um, so a psychometry exercise is you partner up with someone. And in that partnership, you bring to the table a, um, an object that's small enough to fit into the palm of your hand that carries a lot of your energy. So a lot of times people will pick their car keys or um, a necklace or their wedding ring or you know, just something that has spent a lot of time with that person on that person even. And so when you partner up with, the, um, with your partner, you exchange objects for the purpose of the exercise. So let's say, for example, I would be holding somebody's wedding ring in the palm of my left hand, and they would be holding my bracelet that I've worn for years in the palm of their left hand. And what you are doing in that exercise is you are receiving energy, wisdom, information, visions, memories, you know, just whatever it is for your partner. So that object is not sending you information for you. They're sending information for the owner of that object that's coming in through you. And the beauty of this exercise is that a lot of times when we receive hypnosis sessions, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, did I make this up? Um, and like introducing so much doubt into what comes in or also dismissing things that come in. Like maybe it's not coming in fast enough or it's coming in, um, too enigmatically and <laughs> so we have this tendency to either question challenge doubt um, dismiss when it's something that's coming in for ourselves but when you're doing this exercise with your partner you cannot do that because you don't know what is going to be really important for them what could be life-changing for them if you just stuck it out and sat with that a little bit longer let it fully form and then also that you don't dismiss it because something that seems silly or nonsensical or trivial to you again could be really important and highly informative for them so it's an exercise in not censoring it's an exercise in really receiving fully and so then you tell your partner after the exercise is complete which is really just you're just receiving all that energy and information etc cetera, etc cetera, from that object and then you open your eyes and then you tell your partner what you got for them and then they uh return the favor and tell you what they got for you and so it's very very validating so many people felt like they were potentially making something up in their sessions for themselves but then when they do the psychometry exercise and then tell their partner what they got and they're like i nailed it like <laughs> i i like you know got all of this stuff right and then it um creates all this confidence within them if they are nailing it for their partner then they're probably nailing it for themselves and what they are getting in their sessions is real right right yeah. all right so set for us the background story prior to this uh session that we're talking about today 
Yeah, concurrent lifetimes. I love this. This is so intriguing. <laughs> We're about to dive right into the weird. This yes, makes me I'm, ready. I'm ready. Okay, yeah, people can hang in there for this story. They're going to be able to hang in for all of it. All right, so concurrent lifetimes. A lot of us are really familiar with the concept of past lives or of being able to tap into future lives. What a lot of people don't realize is that there can be concurrent or overlapping lifetimes. So your soul is an infinite energy, right? So sometimes your soul wants to um, incarnate as just one being. And then sometimes your soul, if your soul is like mine, mine is like so high achieving where it's like, um, or I could incarnate into multiple beings and do even more and learn even more, et cetera, et cetera. And so I have three lifetimes that I know about. I'm pretty sure it's three that my soul is experiencing right now. So there's me, Courtney, there's my soul um, as an orangutan here on earth. And then there's also my soul as this really sweet alien boy uh, on another planet. And so the way that we found out about the orangutan self is I knew that I had a lifetime. I call it the 1920s farm lifetime where I came in or the scene I came into was I was about a 14 year old boy in the 1920s. And I know I don't die in that lifetime until I'm in my 60s or so. I also know that I was a battlefield nurse in England in World War II. And so if you run the math on that pretty quickly, <laughs> you realize those two lifetimes are the exact same time period. And at that stage, I didn't know that that was even a possible thing that could happen. So I'm receiving a hypnosis session and we ask, can there be overlapping lifetimes? And I hear the words, of course there can. That, and that was very unusual for me because I have a tendency to be visual or to have a clear cognizance, like a sensing or a knowing in my sessions. So that was, <laughs> can I use my own word? Or no, actually, I want to say anomalous instead of anomaly. <laughs> but that was rather anomalous that I was hearing something. And so they say, of course there can. And then I see this large flower. It's a magnolia. And they say to me, um, actually, this was going back to visual. The only thing I heard was, of course, there can. But they show me this beautiful magnolia flower and that there are many lifetimes. Those are the petals. And some of those petals, some of those lifetimes feel quite far apart from each other on the flower and then others overlap. And they were like, it's the, it's the same thing in your lifetimes. Some of them overlap. And so then that led us to the question of, well, are there other lifetimes or is there another lifetime that my soul is experiencing here on earth now? And the thing that they showed me, you know, back to the visuals, was this really zoomed in flat orange nose. And then also I'm pretty early into my hypnosis experience as a client. So I didn't even realize that you can have interspecies incarnation that like a lot of people think like you select being a human and then you just, that's what you pick. You're human over and over again. Then I'm like, what on earth is this nose? And then they zoom out and I realize it's an orangutan. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I really love animals and it would make a lot of sense that if there is a soul, a person who has a concurrent lifetime as an animal, that that person would probably be really in tune with animals because that's such a close, like near and dear part um, to them and their soul. So yes, yeah, so it zooms out and I see this orangutan and I get this sense that um, she's a female. And then I also see that she's got this little boy, like this little orangutan boy, son. And it's funny because you would think that I would have asked a ton of questions about them, but all I really know is that they're, they're in a refuge and that they are safe. And like, as soon as I knew that they were safe, I didn't have any other questions about them. So I suspect they're probably in Borneo. Um, but I just, I know that they're happy. I know that they're safe. And I'm like, good. Okay, great. That's all I need. And then we just moved on to wherever we went next in the session. So tying it back to the psychometry exercise that you're referencing when I was interviewed by the fabulous Lorena and Lucia. Um, I was leading the group session, but if you have an odd number of people, then I'll partner with someone because then I make an even number of people. So then there's 
duets throughout. This gentleman, he's partnering with me. We go through the session and then he says to me, he's like, I feel so embarrassed about what I'm about to tell you. It doesn't make any sense. I feel bad for you that I ended up being your partner. I'm like, just try me, man. Like, it's probably going to be fine. And he says to me, I saw an orangutan. <laughs> I was like, dude, this makes more sense than you could imagine. And so I didn't want to ask him really leading questions. I tried to keep it really open-ended. And so then I said to him, I was like, did you get a sense of the gender of the orangutan? He was like, I think it, I think it was a female. And then I said, well, did you get a sense, is she alone in the way that she came in or was there someone else with her? And he goes, oh yeah, she actually, she had um, a son. <laughs> like dude you actually just validated like a really strange thing that came up for me in one of my sessions years ago so that's actually incredibly validating that you picked up on it as well because it's one of the weirder things that i have to share about my hypnosis sessions it's like oh i have a concurrent lifetime as an orangutan self and <laughs> and he validated it yeah so that's what intrigued me so much because like this person wouldn't have known that about you there's no way and for it to have been so off the wall it is so validating that was so fascinating when you had told that to Lorena and Lucia it was wow I have to I have to have you repeat that story for for my listeners here but yeah so then um I started following you on Facebook and Instagram and it wasn't right away, I don't think. So I think you were on the back burner of my mind. I had you there. And then something else happened where I think it was a dream I had had with a, a imagery of an owl and how the top of its head flipped open and there was a, uh, what do you call it? So there was a hinge where it was open and closed, open and closed. I was trying to do my dream interpretation. I'm like, what could this mean? It means ease of access, like something that's meant to be opened and closed. And so I was like, in order to go deeper and maybe pull out some of my past trauma or whatever it is that I'm meant to look at, some of my shadow self, what is something that you, that's ease of access that's a mechanism, right? A known mechanism for accessing that subconscious stuff. Hypnosis. <laughs> I think it was that combined with something else. I was talking about hypnosis. Found you again on Facebook and Instagram, followed you. And then right away, you were putting out these messages about the advertisements for the Soul Empowering Hypnosis Workshop that was starting in a couple of days. And I was like, mm, it's not going to work for me because it's on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I work on Wednesdays. So I kind of just blew it off. And then I saw that you kept posting and posting, and then it was like, the universe is holding off for somebody. And me, you know, I guess I was, you know, I thought it strange enough to think, what if that person's me? <laughs> Not strange at all. You were just getting the intuitive hits. <laughs> yeah, I think that's me. And so I just, I texted my boss and said, you know what? Hey, I usually have Mondays off. Is it possible for the length of this workshop to switch it to Wednesdays instead? And he was like, sure. And so that's what happened. And I'm like, oh gosh, now I have no excuse not to do it. <laughs> I love that you made it happen. That email was a hinge also where it's like, just send the email, ease of access. You just have to ask. That's beautiful. I didn't realize that you self-advocated and that's how you ended up giving yourself the yes. Yes, definitely. We got it. It may not happen again because he didn't realize, he told me afterward the fact that he didn't realize how uh, crucial or critical Wednesdays ended up being. So I don't, I don't think I could ask for the Wednesdays off again, but Wednesdays anymore. So good news. Because when I started doing, um, when I started teaching the level up, I had so many people in regular SEH that were like, I really want to do level up, but I can't do Wednesdays. I was like, oh, level up is um, just on the weekend. And because Wednesdays, when we're doing regular SEH, it was two hour meetings, but then level up is so much more intensive. It's three hour meetings. And I felt like, oh, it's like, I can't ask for three hours from a weekday. And so I was just doing weekends and instead of it being four weeks, it's eight weeks. So we're still meeting eight times, 
but it was really informative to me that once people realized it wasn't on a Wednesday that I had this influx of registrations. And I'm just like, oh, okay, message received. So uh, they are exclusively on the weekend now. <laughs> Hypnosis is your life, right? So there, <laughs> there go your weekends. <laughs> right. So I'm in this bubble where I'm like, oh, but we all have a flexible schedule, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of my work in the world where it's like, if you want to have a flexible schedule, hypnosis is one of the hinge moment. This is one of the easy ways to begin moving toward that and accessing that. Cause my life wasn't always like this. My life used to be, um, you know, pretty typical. Well, that leads beautifully into us talking about the past, Courtney. Um, let- <laughs> So let's talk about your normal life. You were a school teacher, mm-hmm. married, and mm-hmm. yeah. Still married, no longer a school teacher, still married. <laughs> so some things have changed and others have. <laughs> yeah. I kept the good parts. <laughs> so tell us about the, uh, the Courtney before hypnosis, the pre-hypnosis Courtney. Ooh, angry. Like really angry, um, very anxious, extremely stressed out, um, depressive in nature, like not a good time at a party. Like so much so that for a long time, you know how um, different people can hear different noises, like a dog can hear a dog whistle, but humans can't hear a dog whistle. Like I, for a long time, wondered if my, my voice was really hard to hear at parties because of like the background noise that was going on. And it's not, people were ignoring me. Like that's how unpleasant I was. And when I started to become nicer and happier, that's when it it finally dawned on me. I was like, they could hear me the whole time because my voice didn't change, but my message, my energy changed. So people want to engage with me now, but before, (laughs) and props to them, props to them for boundaries and not wanting to deal with me. But yeah, it was rough. You have released a book called Cornflower, My Hypnosis Journey Through Past Lives into the Spirit Realm. So uh, it gives the reader an idea what may have, you know, the nature versus nurture, what could have (laughs) easily contributed to some of that anger. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you want to say about that part? (laughs) Oh, I'm happy to talk about any of it. Uh, yeah, basically just a classic, like, crappy childhood, you know. Um, really, so, okay, um, I've been making some YouTube videos about this recently, and I know April has a lot of empathy for this. Uh, so I feel like I'm from a few different families. So there's the angel family, um, there's the starseed family, but there's also the dragon family. And so I was born into a human family that did not appreciate my dragon energy. So my biological, I say that because I don't feel close to them at all, but my biological mother, she, I call her Amanda. That's not her real name, but I call her Amanda in the book. And my biological father, I call him Lowell, not his real name in the book. And so I'm born to Amanda and Lowell and Amanda has a very uh, weak, very weak spirit. She wants to do good things in the world, but she's not a very strong person yet. Um, Lowell, on the other hand, is highly abusive, (laughs) like really controlling, um, including physical abuse, should he not get his way quickly enough. And so I come onto the scene as this like, just dragon energy where I'm like, I have been born into the world to do good things and to change the world. And I'm just like on fire out of the womb. And Amanda does not know what to do with me. And Lowell is trying to um, break my spirit, really, because he wants to control me. Think about a wild horse and somebody trying to like control that wild horse. And for my whole life, I was just like, nope, nope, I'm just gonna be myself, but even to my own detriment. Like there, I tell this story in the book where there was this time when I was in high school. And by the way, I hope everybody's okay with hearing this. Like, please don't be sad. Like it's so in the past. I'm totally okay. Um, Where he's like throwing me to the ground and like hitting me and kicking me and like even kicking me in the face. And he was like daring me to get back up. And I tell you, like, I am such a hard ass where I was like, I don't care. Like I will never stay down. And that's actually my very favorite part of the entire book 
cornflower is the part where my spirit guide confirms he's like never stay down and i'm like you're damn right never stay down and so i just i was born into this environment where one person really disliked my personality and the other person just did not have any strength at all to try to protect me so yeah yeah a bit of a rocky <laughs> first 18 years and you and you don't understand at that point that you're not bad you don't understand it. Like you just, even though you know you want to be yourself, there is this part of you that starts to believe that you're bad, the world is bad, people are bad. Um, and that goes along with the not bad monster, right? I thought that I was bad for a really long time. I mean, there was a, um, it never got too serious, but there was definitely even a, a suicidal ideation period that I had where I was convinced, I was like, I'm pretty sure the world would actually be a better place if I wasn't here. Like that kind of like, I'm really bringing a lot of bad energy to this place. And then just like coming out of that, thank goodness. And I think the universe saved me. I think they were like, she's got good stuff to do here. Like we, we've got to make a big move. And I think that's why they sent me to Hawaii. And uh, it is no longer typical. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Hey, it's Sheffy here. I want to take a quick moment to invite you, my dear listener, to join my community over at patreon.com forward slash aprilific. I offer two tiers of support, the Palm Palms, which is $5 a month, and Thunder, so named because a pack of dragons is called a Thunder, and I thought that was pretty cool. And that's at $10 a month. Both tiers get access to podcast bonuses, as well as my frequent videos throughout the week. Those who join the Thunder tier also receive a one-time homemade gift as a token of my gratitude and access to my Akashic Records readings. Perks will be added as the community builds and as you, the patron, tell me what you'd like to see offered. The community is going to grow with us. Another way you can support this podcast if you're listening on Apple Pods is to rate and review the show. The more five-star ratings, the bigger the potential to attract even more listeners to this podcast's message. But regardless, I feel so honored with your time. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. So that's where the big move happened because you moved with your husband. Your husband's work took him there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're talking a lot of things together, actually. So you know that trip where I sent myself to Thailand for, <laughs> for 12 days? Mm -hmm. And I remember coming back from that trip, and it was on June 13th was my first day back at work. I'm not a teacher at this stage. I'm a director of education for a nonprofit at this stage. And so my first day back at work, one of my employees comes into my office, and she was like, how was your trip? And I said to her, I really wish I could just sit on the beach all day, every day, and write children's stories. And so that's June 13th on July 11th. So less than a month later, my husband gets the call where he's like, we have an assignment for you in Hawaii. <laughs> so I was able to leave my full-time job that was not satisfying. Like I was crying on my way to work, not because it was hard, but because it was not fulfilling. I plateaued. I couldn't do anything more. Like I had already reached the level that I could reach and it was just boring for like two years straight. It was just so boring. I'm crying on the way to work. Like I'm not satisfied. And my husband was like, we have a chance to go to Hawaii. Um, you would need to quit your job. And I'm like, when do we pack? <laughs> like, yes, please. And I was still, I was trying to be a better person at that stage. Um, I'd been trying to be a better person since 2008. This was happening in 2011. There's a rocky period that a lot of people don't know about. The rocky period is when you first start to try to be kind and you don't know how to be kind. And that's, that's a dangerous period where you think the world will be a better place if you're gone. And I was still in that, like, I want to be kind, but I don't know how. And then got sent to Hawaii and got to just like be with myself because I didn't have to spin my wheels with work. And then Brian Weiss came to Honolulu, only time he's ever been there. And I met my practitioner, Jamie, that I talk about in the book. She was sitting behind me in the audience and then started my one-on-one -on -one sessions with her. And like the anxiety, the anger, the depression fell away pretty quickly based on those sessions. Because what you got through those sessions was 
the idea, the sense, the knowing that you were lovable and that you were loved and that you are love. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Because in the earth realm, I think people want to be loving, but they're caught up in their own stuff and in their own stories. And so they will love you, but it's sporadic and usually incomplete, right? And so when you, when you're in hypnosis and you are connecting to your spirit friends and you're hanging out in the spirit realm and you're getting to meet really who you are as a soul, it's totally life-changing where you realize like, oh my gosh, like there really is so much love out there in the universe. And there really is so much love for me. And I have this amazing team. So to be able, like being born into a family where people do not understand you and you don't really feel supported at all. And then you get to meet these spirit friends in the spirit realm. And you're like, holy shit, I actually have a huge team and they're really rooting for me. And all of these magical things that have ever happened in my life, I'm like, okay, I give you credit. I give you credit. I give you credit. Like they do all these magical things on your behalf. And they're like, they're just so in love with you and rooting for you. And I just started to trust the world more, the universe more, myself more. So there was a lot of love and a lot of trust that came in from those sessions. And I refer to it as like the first side effect of hypnosis for me was gaining a calm confidence. Because you know, confidence sometimes can come off as like cockiness or arrogance or like it was just this really peaceful really calm confidence that was the first side effect. Explain to us how it happened that you went from enjoying that and experiencing that for yourself to now where you're at being this um, spokesperson and educator, <laughs> uh, this missionary of sorts for hypnosis. Sure. So I tend to be really self-aware like extraordinarily self-aware. And this is such a fun story because I have no idea when or how the decision was made. I knew that we would be leaving Hawaii in late October, early November of 2013. And so I've been receiving hypnosis sessions every week for six or seven months. And so I knew that that was about to end. And I really wanted to gift myself with immersing myself um, into a week-long experience with Brian Weiss. And so at that stage, he was teaching two or three times per year at the Omega Institute in upstate New York. And I was going to be going back to Washington, D.C. So it's this week-long experience. It's a day's drive from where I'm going to be living. And I'm like, I'm just going to gift myself with that uh, training but the thing is, a lot of people who go to that, they don't go to become a practitioner. They go for the same reason I signed up for. They just want to be in the energy of those group sessions. And they want to be the client role for people who are there for the training. So, you know, practitioners need people to practice on. And so I'm like, I'll just be receiving sessions, whether it's group or one-on-one, -on -one, and it's going to go on for a whole week, and it's going to be amazing. At some point between me purchasing that ticket for that whole week and driving up there, I want to say like maybe like a couple months after buying the ticket, just one day I was like, oh, I'm going up there. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm going up there to experience the training. I'm supposed to be a practitioner. And I was just like, what? <laughs> really? And I know it wasn't my decision. Like I never, I never made the choice. Like I just knew that was the reason that I was actually going up there. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, that should be interesting. And what's also funny is that after I left that nine to five job, I had been applying for jobs that I was a good match for and they were never contacting me. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I know I'm a really good candidate for these jobs. I think the universe was like, not what you're meant to do in the world, not what you're meant to do in the world. Like you don't know it yet, but you're supposed to be this ambassador um, for hypnosis. And I think the people who have healed through hypnosis are some of the best ambassadors because they speak from this place of passion and firsthand experience about what a life changer it is. And so I was like, okay, I'm in, let's do this. <laughs> you have a special flavor uh, that you call soul empowering, right? Hypnosis. Yes. So how does that differ, if at all, from um, Ryan Weiss's work? And how did that come about? Sure. So I should, I know I talk about Brian a lot because 
I love him so much. His wife is also a co-teacher at the Omega Institute and she is lovely as well. So both of them are really wonderful. It's just the people are more familiar with Brian. So that was my first training and this is in July of 2014. And then I started a book club. So you know Meetup, right? You're familiar with Meetup? So I started a book club and it was organized through Meetup. And so I had these other people who were interested in spiritual hypnosis who were coming to these book clubs. And so they would say things to me like, oh, have you heard of Michael Newton and LBL, which stands for Life Between Lives? Or, oh, have you heard of Dolores Cannon and QHHT, which stands for Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique? And so I learned a lot from the book club members that I had not been exposed to on my own. And so I got, let's see, in the summer of 2016, I did the level one QHHT online. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should do level two. If it's going to be hosted in a location I'm drawn to during a time I'm available, I'll do it. And there was one that was available in Dublin, in Ireland. And I'm like, oh, all the yeses, all the yeses. I will definitely go there. And so that training was one week after the LBL training. So I did LBL training in Maryland. That's another thing. It's like an hour and a half from here. So it's basically in my backyard. So I did the LBL training in really late August um, to really early September. And then the QHHT training in Ireland in really early September. So I got this one-two punch of amazingness. So I have the Brian Weiss past life regression and the Newton LBL and the Canon QHHT. I have all of that in my toolbox. And so different people have heard of these different practitioners. So as a facilitator, it just depends, like, do you sign up for a past life regression or an LBL or a QHHT? So I'm getting all of this experience facilitating these different styles of hypnosis. And then eventually what happens over the years is a new style starts to emerge that is this really beautiful blend of the three plus other things that the universe is bringing into the sessions that aren't actually part of the three. So for me, my special flavor is um, the soul empowering hypnosis. And it really is, I, I always want to emphasize this, it, it's not necessarily a competitor or a replacement or whatever of those other styles. I think it's really complementary of those other styles and they all complement each other. So whatever style of hypnosis you pick, it's the right style for you because they complement each other so beautifully. But for me, it's very empowering to the client's soul. So I've noticed that a lot of times with my clients, um, do they go into past lives? Some, yes, some. Do they connect with spirit guides? Some, yes, some. But primarily what happens organically in the experience is they are connecting very deeply with their own soul in the spirit realm. And I think it's because the clients that are drawn to me are in that area, that stage of life where self-empowerment is really starting to take shape. Like they, they've really come into their own confidence and they're like, what's my purpose and what am I meant to do in the world? And they're ready to launch. And so if you're connecting to past lives, that has a tendency to be more about like, what are, what are some older things that I need to heal and release? But they're already pretty good. These clients are already pretty good. Um, and then also if you're connecting to spirit guides, there's also that inherent um, undertone of this power isn't within me. I actually need to connect to an outside wisdom and outside energy. And so I think that the souls are coming in more speaking for themselves because it's like the power is, is within you. Like you are the powerful one, you are the wise one. Like here, connect to this energy and go do your good work in the world. And so because that was happening organically, I was like, oh, we need to give these souls um, top billing. <laughs> and so you set up your own program and offered that experience uh, to others. Now you are going through a doctorate program right? So when do yeah. we actually get to call you Dr. Starkey? When is that happening? Well, to be determined, right? Because of course there are many things outside of my control. I would say probably, probably maximum amount of time, two years from now. And like the fastest they've ever seen anybody do it is a year, year and a half. And I, I want to enjoy my life. <laughs> so yeah. I'll probably go more along the two-year um, pacing because I want to be able to facilitate hypnosis sessions. That's my passion. And also pay attention to my husband and my cat. 
and also do the research, gosh, so much research, um, that it takes to get your doctorate. So I'm, I'm guessing probably in two years. And the purpose behind you getting this doctorate is not because it's your idea of fun. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> so uh, tell us, why are you becoming a doctor? Because the universe made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> So I have learned to really trust the universe. So what I was saying earlier about there's just this energy of like that they love me and they're rooting for me and I'm so grateful to them and I trust them. And I've learned that like me having that realization, oh, I'm taking this training with Brian Weiss to become a practitioner. And I just had to trust that, right? I could have, I could have been hard headed and said, no, I signed up as a client and I'm in, you know, my master's degree is in education. I'm supposed to do something with that. And instead I was like, okay, let's do it. And I've learned that as I go with the flow of the universe, when they have a good idea and I say yes and take action on it, that my life just gets happier and happier and I help more and more people. And I'm like, well, even if it's a thing that I'm like, I am not into the idea of going back to school and doing something really hard, but I am very much into the idea of saying yes to the universe. And then just seeing like my curiosity is peaked too. I'm like, what are you guys up to? Like, why do you want me to do this? Like, what, what is the, the result that happens? And I, I know part of the answer of that. And then part of it is still like, okay, what's coming? And you know, I was talking about confidence. Like, there is nothing more confidence building than saying yes to something that is really scary and is supposed to be really hard and then doing it and succeeding. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, wait a second. Like, that was really hard and I did well maybe I can do well at other really hard things. And so you start to take more, um, more risks where you're like, yeah, that does look like it's going to be hard. I bet I can do it. And they just do it. <laughs> well, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? Oh my goodness. Where do we start? Okay. All right. Catch me if I forget something. Let's start with cornflower. So my book, the website is cornflowerbook.com. So you can read all of the juiciness of um, the backstory and then also my hypnosis sessions from 2013. But then also uh, one of my favorite parts is the, the final third of that book where I talk about how hypnosis has been changing, the wisdom that's flowing in has evolved over the years. And so sharing some really interesting insights about the progression of hypnosis wisdom that's come in. And so, then, and then part of that purchase includes an audio version of you reading the book too. Mm -hmm. So, I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Yeah. So you get the the signed hard copy mailed to you, but then you also get access to the audio book as well as the ebook. So whatever whatever tickles your fancy for how you like to consume literature, <laughs> it's available. Um, so that's cornflowerbook.com, and then. Oh my gosh, this is actually the very first thing that they had me create online. Oh, that's not true. I created some, some classes, but this is like the first thing where I was like, oh, the classes were actually more like practice for getting used to the technology platform. And so the first like real thing that I created um, through the technology platform that I use is the spiritual hypnosis membership. And that's where we have one to two live online group hypnosis sessions every single month. And then we also just yesterday had a really fun Q&A party where all these people come together and they're just so cool. Like you've experienced it. These are just really neat people. So loving, so smart, so outside of the box and highly intuitive. And you just learn so much from each other. So we have these quarterly meetings as well. And so that's the spiritual hypnosis membership. So it's spiritualhypnosismembership.com. And then there are just three more. <laughs> My plate is so full. There are just three more things to tell you about. Then there is the Soul Empowering Hypnosis Workshop. And so that's how you got into the funnel. Uh, so that's soulempoweringhypnosis.com. And that one's so beautiful because for that eight-week workshop, you can sign up as a client or as a practitioner. So whether it's a brand new practitioner or a highly experienced practitioner, you will have people to practice soul empowering hypnosis on. And then what's beautiful as a client, you get to receive eight hypnosis sessions in eight weeks, which is very extraordinary to have that opportunity from all these gifted people who are practicing this new style of hypnosis. And then we have SCH level up. 
So that stands for Soul Empowering Hypnosis Level Up. Uh, and the website is SEH Level Up. And everybody is a practitioner for that one. So that everybody gets to experience facilitating a session each week and receiving a session every single week. So you get to build your skills professionally while also getting to enjoy um, the enrichment personally from receiving those hypnosis sessions. And then the final thing, last but not least, is my actual website, which is payitforwardhypnosis.com. And that's what you go through to book a one-on-one -on -one session. So that could be LBL or QHHT or past life regression or SEH, you know, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy. But that is payitforwardhypnosis.com. And I call it pay it forward hypnosis because hypnosis has been such a gift to me. And it's like, okay, I got to, I got to make sure that I keep like paying this forward and other people get to experience hypnosis um, throughout the, you know, entirety of my life. <laughs> and as you were talking about your book, one of the mm -hmm. things I realized that I don't think I made quite clear is that the book, I mean, the, the subtitle kind of explains that my hypnosis journey through past lives into the spirit realm. So this is kind of like a retelling of the hypnosis. Like it immerses you as a reader into your experience through these very vivid, very interesting, like, so it's not dull reading, but like it's very immersive into your, what you were uh, sensing, experiencing in hypnosis. So what took you from the pre-hypnosis Courtney into the person who was ready to share this gift of healing with others? Because like you said, you were having one session per week for months, right? And so this is the culmination, the record of what you were experiencing. And you can see as the reader how it's building from one to the other and how they overlap and intertwine. And there's, there's drama, there's intrigue, there's... <laughs> I love it. I mean, so I... <laughs> everyone <laughs> it's not it's not just dry reading of because you know sometimes when you hear about hypnosis or uh, gosh basically anyone else's experience it can be like a little dull like or off-putting like eh, i'm sure it was great for you but you know it doesn't come off quite the same to me <laughs> but with the way you you have it here each of these chapters which is a different lifetime or a different experience within that lifetime uh it's very very engaging to say the least you had mentioned some of the difficulties and challenges you had had in your childhood growing up so knowing that can you, can you talk about it in the introduction part i believe so when you get to the parts in the book and i'm not going to write any spoilers but <laughs> there is a part where you kind of see your biological father in a completely different light right yeah it's like wow yeah wow <laughs> and it almost made me want to cry like in a few places right. in this book it's very poignant and yeah so i just wanted to say that about the book before we pass on to something something else but yeah pick up the book I'm, I'm so happy to hear it because honestly like when you are writing a book and it feels like it's a good book, you don't know if it's actually any good. And I'm like, are these engaging stories because I'm just reconnecting with the energy of the hypnosis session or are they actually engaging stories? And I would have some time away from the book and I would forget, like I, so the way the book was born is that my hypnosis practitioner does not record the sessions. And so as soon as I was done with the sessions, I would go to a Starbucks get some tea and then do a quick written documentation on my phone of the sessions. And so each session that passed, I kept starting to think more and more, there's a book in here, like this might be turning into a book. And so that all wrapped up toward the end of 2013 and it kept lingering. There's a book in here, but I didn't know how it started. And so I was back in Hawaii in um, January of 2015. And it was the very final minutes of a movie that I was sitting in by myself. I was in Hawaii by myself and the beginning of the book came in. 
I was like, oh my God, like it's here. And so I drove, I finished the movie, but then I drove back to my friend's house where I was staying and just like, kind of like I was saying with the children's stories, that first section of the book just wrote itself. I've almost edited nothing of what I wrote that first sit down with it. What I wrote first was actually, and, and of course the writing was really just pulling from the notes that I had taken from my hypnosis sessions. And so the first version of the book is actually that middle part like just the hypnosis experience. And then I ran it by one of my clients who he found out I was writing a book and he was like, can I read it? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, you have to tell the backstory. You can't go right into the hypnosis sessions. It's not as powerful. People don't know like how bad off you were. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, all right. I'll tell the, I'll tell the backstory just for the purposes of being inspiring. You know, like no matter what you've experienced, you can have a happy life. And then he was also like, because he had received a lot of hypnosis sessions from me. So he had had his own magic and he was like, and you also need to talk about some of the magic that your other clients have experienced. And so that's where the back third came from. So he was delightfully pushy with me. And actually I won't say who it is, but he's one of the stories in the back third. So <laughs> yeah. It is so interesting that I had a case of the spiritual jealousy after I finished and I was like, oh my gosh, I've had some really fantastic hypnosis, but it hasn't been like this immersive of a wow, wow <laughs> moment where my spirit guides came in so clearly. And like I had people from my childhood that I was interacting with in past lives. So I asked my Akashic Records about it because you kind of wonder, anytime you compare yourself, you're like, you're wondering, am I doing something wrong? And so they were like, there is benefit to reading secondhand information because you know what's possible. But at the same time, that is her story and you can't expect to have the exact same story. It's going to be, it's going to be and look a little different simply because the two people are not going to, even if they live in the same household, they're not going to experience things the same way. Mm. So yeah. So I was able to like, really appreciate what you were showing as possible, what kind of in-depth healing is available, while at the same time allowing for my own, my own experience to play out. So I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, also remember, none of the mundane parts make it into the book. So not every single session or every element of every session is in there. If it was boring to the average bear, it's not in the book. <laughs> So there are plenty of mundane, like the very first session, the very first one-on-one -on -one session I ever had is not in the book because it's really boring, but I felt better. So even though it was pretty mundane, I felt better after that session, even though I didn't understand why at the time I was like, I have to do this again. And then it, then it really cranked up. Then it got really juicy, but you've seen what my sessions are like now. They're not quite as juicy now. They're, oh gosh, I shouldn't say that. Um, they're equally magical, but they wouldn't make as good of a book. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So the story is not as rich, but the energy is really rich. But you can't write a book that just says like, and then they sent purple energy to me again. <laughs> you know, that would not be a good read. So, but yeah, so my sessions now are much more um, relaxed, less whiz bang than they were then. So even for me, even for me, I still have a little bit of jealousy about like 2013 me where I'm like, I miss my spirit guides. Like they haven't come to me in a long time. And I think it's what I was saying earlier where they're like, we're always here for you, but you do you now. You are the powerful one. Like you don't need to lean on us. So we're not going to come in as strongly. I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go research and also learn from? Wow. I would guess Brian's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it's funny because I actually say this exact thing in the beginning of my book where I mentioned that during that first group hypnosis session in Honolulu that I met three of my greatest teachers. Mm. And yeah, so like I've actually already written the answer and it's Brian Weiss, right? And it's Jamie, my practitioner that was sitting behind me in that room filled with 500 people. And she was like right there behind me. 
had my back. That's not an accident. And the third one is me, right? Right. So I had to say yes to all of these invitations. And then when I say me, that really expands out to the whole spirit team that is with me because, you know, it's a team. We're a unit. So credit to them always. (laughs) Well, before we close out, was there anything you wanted to say? I just want to say that if anybody has been thinking about having a hypnosis session with April, she's really good. Like really good. Like so good. I came back for more. I just finished my second session with her and she's very talented. Her questions, as you can tell as a podcaster, she's really good at asking questions. And also during the hypnosis sessions, intuitively, the questions are really good. And it's funny because as I'm channeling my team, they have said to her more than once, we really like you, April. (laughs) They really like her a lot. And so if anybody's been thinking about having a session with you, oh my gosh, I highly recommend it. It's going to be such a, an easy treat for somebody to give themselves. Yeah. And that's been something that's been coming to you recently and to myself is that easy, like nothing, it doesn't have to be hard. Right. So I'm learning that. Yep. We're meant to have fun. We're meant to have flow. We're meant to have ease and joy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Courtney, so much for joining me in Chefy Sandbox. I want to wish you a early happy birthday. Yep. <laughs> Your birthday <laughs> month. Hey, you too. You too. Because you're, or, um, if I, I, I'm so convinced your birthday's in April for obvious reasons, but you're June 27th, right? Yes. And I'm June 22nd. So happy birthday to us. <laughs> All right. Much love to you, Courtney, and we'll be in touch soon. Aw, ditto. Love you as well. (laughs) And da-da! We're done. And scene. Yeah. (laughs) That was so much fun. That was as fun as I knew it would be. Remember when you were talking about interviewing other people, and I'm like, um, um, (laughs) I'm going to play in the sandbox. So when do we do it again? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know I'm down to play in the sandbox anytime. Well, very cool. So now that we've gotten like this part out of the way, touching on the book and your backstory and all that stuff that I felt like we needed to do, maybe this will open it up now for, um, for whatever, whatever we want to talk about. So yeah. I'm going to put together some some more things I want to ask you about, and then we'll schedule another date. Yay! We can continue the weird. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs>